How can you sharpen your competitive edge? Learn how to land your first choice residency, take part in clinical skill building sessions, and debate emerging issues in healthcare. Join us for AMSA's fall conferences October 15th through the 16th in Puerto Rico and November 19th through the 20th in New York City. Visit amsafallconference.org to register now. In the past few months, trainee wellness has been making the news again. Studies have been revisiting resident work hours restrictions. Depression and suicide among medical students, residents, and physicians themselves is an ongoing crisis. Some of the solutions are systemic, but the medical education system is resistant to change. In the meantime, medical trainees must be on the lookout for themselves and their peers. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Recently, Dr. Alan Peterkin presented 10 tips to participants in the AMSA Applied Match Preparation Program. And in this episode, AdLib's Pete Thompson brings you a few highlights. Here's Pete. When he himself was a medical resident at McGill, Dr. Peterkin wrote the book on resident self-care. The sixth edition of that book, Staying Human During Residency Training, is out with advice and examples of residents maintaining their health and well-being despite the pressure and long hours of the wards. A recent meta-analysis using studies from 1963 on found that 29% of residents met the criteria for a depressive episode, that doctors under the age of 40 have three times the suicide rate of their non-physician peers, and as high as 40% of residents report problems with their romantic partners, spouses, or family during training. At least half, ranging up to almost all, residents reported some kind of abuse during residency. What good news there is, is that that conversation has at least been shifting. When I first wrote the book, uh, the only thing we talked about was physician impairment. And what I'm really happy to report is that nowadays, what we're really talking about is wellness, resilience, and even what constitute physician happiness. There is a temptation for residents to go all in during their training. We are at risk because of the stresses of the work. We, we come to medicine with certain personality characteristics. You know, some of us are obsessional, some of us are perfectionist, some of us are very competitive. And these are the very skills that can lead to our success, but they can also isolate us. But I always like to remind people that you don't want to have vital parts of yourself cut off, your creative part, your athletic part, your artistic part, you know, your, your interest in social justice, what, whatever brought you to medicine, you want to make sure that those parts of you don't get, you know, stretched out of uh, proportion or, or completely cut off. Dr. Peterkin's first piece of advice might be one of the more challenging pieces, but he says it's critical. Residents must place themselves in charge of the residency experience, or, as Dr. Peterkin puts it, they must be the locus of control for their education. Taking charge of your learning, not being sort of a passive recipient or, or feeling helpless in the face of a very elaborate uh, training program. Don't be afraid to ask for what, what you need in your learning. Dr. Peterkin completed both a psychiatry and a family medicine residency program at McGill and cites an experience from his own family medicine program to illustrate what he means. I knew that I was not really interested in doing surgical procedures, apart from just very minor office procedures. Uh, I knew that that was not a forte, it was not an interest. So what I did actually is I asked to do one of my surgical rotations over Christmas holiday, 
because I knew they closed beds and it was less busy. And that, you know, some people will think, well, what was he doing there? But I think that was me just saying, I know what my strengths are, I know what my interests are, and I'm actually going to pick an optimal time for me uh, to uh, do a particular uh, rotation. Next on the list is identifying support and providing support to your peers. What you want to do is uh, look out for each other. The degree to which we take care of ourselves during training really helps determine uh, what kind of doctors we become. Granted, after recent relocation, most don't start residency with a social network intact. You may have to get creative to put one together. Uh, you know, in our health humanities program, we have a lot of offerings like, you know, film nights and lunch and learns and uh, literary readings with famous authors. So, you know, get plugged into to the, the, the school where you're at, the hospital where you're at, and what kind of uh, events come your way, because that's a way of, of uh, you know, meeting people in the context of talking about things that you're, you're really passionate about. Establishing connections with colleagues is important, but so is keeping up a support network beyond medicine. Thanks to social media, doing so is easier now than ever before, but that doesn't mean that it's automatic. And sometimes all it is, all you need to do to keep that connection going is to just let people know you're thinking about them and that you're planning to, to connect with them in some kind of real way. By the time they are in residency, physicians can probably point to someone they consider a mentor. But while a mentor is someone who shares your passions in medicine and may help guide you, Dr. Peterkin suggests thinking of the role slightly differently. In some ways, I think they should embody uh, a life that, that you admire, you know, a life in balance, a life of relationship a life of real commitment to the profession. Uh, so you look for somebody who's not only a competent educator, but someone who, who sort of is a role model for, your, for yourself. And, uh, of course, someone who isn't evaluating I think it, you in any way. I think it's important to find a mentor who doesn't have to grade you. That, that allows for really honest uh, dialogue. It can also be important to look beyond the healthcare team for a support, even within the hospital walls. Dr. Peterkin suggests thinking very broadly. You're dealing with nurses and orderlies, people in the cafeteria. Um, you know, you, you, it's all about relationship when you're there. You know, don't, don't get too sort of self-absorbed. Uh, try and form these links because they really make for a wonderful experience. In some of those conversations, you aren't trying to overshare about specific experiences. You're simply trying to maintain healthy human relationships. But when it comes to talking about specific concerns, it can be very difficult in the residency environment where it seems that nearly everyone is responsible for grading and evaluating you in some way. Even after getting a feel for who you can trust in the program among peers and preceptors, eventually a leap of faith may be necessary to start a larger conversation. Sometimes it takes, you know, somebody being courageous in, in a group and uh, saying, look, oh my gosh, I really struggle with that. Um, or, you know, that was a really difficult code. Or... Uh, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that we lost that patient, that, that you're kind of putting it out there that these are concerns we all have. These are universal concerns that every trainee has. And a lot of people pretend not to have them, because, again, because I'm being, I've got to show I'm smart, I'm competent, I'm self-sufficient. But if you help create a culture where, um, you know, we can talk about certain things, we can talk about what was difficult, we can talk about medical error, kind of a permissiveness that these are things that we can talk about. And that isn't a sign of weakness or lack of knowledge. That's a sign of being really conscientious, uh, being collaborative, 
and, and being a real learner. One of Dr. Peterkin's tips for maintaining balance in humanity during residency is to make a pie, or at least a pie graph, of the components of your self-esteem. The four ingredients in Dr. Peterkin's graph would be work, play, love, and spirit. Play is everything outside of work that you are passionate about. Love is your family and friends. He defines spirit broadly as anything that keeps you deeply motivated from a religious belief or a strong desire for social justice. Draw a pie of where you'd like to be. You know, where, what, where do those quadrants fit for you? Uh, which, which is more important? What constitutes the balance of these elements for you? And then put it on your fridge, you know, as kind of a reminder. I don't want to ne- neglect uh, relationships. I don't want to neglect my, my sense of play. I don't want to neglect what I believe in. Um, and then, you know, twice a year, uh, sit down and draw the pie of where you're actually at, just as a visual reminder. And, and then, you know, remind yourself, I want to get back to that pie that I think best represents who, who I am and who I, who I want to be. A fourth tip from Dr. Peterkin, don't forget about your physical body. You need to look after your health if you're going to look after other people. It isn't uncommon for physicians to neglect this part. As part of the stoicism of medical training, uh, we kind of get into some kind of magical thinking that we ourselves don't have bodies, we ourselves don't get sick, won't get sick. Uh, You know, we ignore uh, cues about hunger, about thirst, about fatigue, even having to go to the bathroom, um, you know, in the name of getting the job done. Uh, and, And I think... Uh, you know, that really isn't good for us. And yes, doctors need doctors too. Make sure you have your own local physician lined up. I think that's important to line up before you start your training. Uh, and often your post-grad office can help you find people who are taking new patients. And that's just, you know, acknowledging that, that if you do get sick or you need time off or you need a note or you need, you know, antibiotics or whatever the case may be, that you have somebody who's going to look, look after you. Dr. Peterkin presented his tips as part of a presentation for participants in the AMSA Applied Match Preparation Program, or AMSA-AMP. To learn more about AMSA-AMP and what it has to offer, visit www.amsa.org amsa-amp. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Special thanks to Rebecca Apple. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Not sure what to expect or how to navigate the interview process? Want to make sure your personal statement hits the mark? AMSA's new program, Applied Match Preparation, or AMP, has been created just for you. Get personalized, one-on-one assistance from a team of experts and get ready to shine during the application process. Visit amsa.org slash amsa-amp to get started today.